We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. This podcast is part of the Bomb Pod Media Network. They're staying in the shadows. It's called probing. Make sure things are all clear. Clear for for the rest of the world. You guys hear that? to the show everybody you are listening to the confessionals a proud partner of the bomb pod media network and a proud featured show of blogtalkradio.com before we get into tonight's show i want to just take some time to say go birds that's right many of you know that i live right in the philadelphia area and i am pumped to say that the eagles are super bowl champions and i am really really hyped to say that and the Philadelphia area is walking on cloud nine. That's right. We are happy. We are cheerful. We are jolly. So all you haters out there, including Wes Germer, go ahead and kick some sand because the Philadelphia Eagles are world champions. No one likes us. No one likes us. No one likes us. We don't care. We're from Philly, filthy Philly. No one likes us. We don't care. No one likes us, no one likes us, no one likes us, we don't care. We're from Philly, filthy Philly, no one likes us, we don't care. Now, let's move on to today's show. We have iTunes shout-outs coming up here where if you leave a rating and review on iTunes, I will give you a shout-out on the following week's show. So this week's shout-outs is Thyrith, Todd Burnett, Greenbeard7, better be an Eagles fan, Dr. Torchwood, Alaska Snowbeast, Chris Marie Cruz, and Gagged But Okay. I hope you are okay. That's a weird name. I am so happy that the Eagles won. I don't even care. So moving on to this week's Patreon shoutouts. We have a Patreon page. If you go there and sign up to become a patron, there's a lot of great rewards. And one of the great rewards is you get shouted out on the following week's show. So this week's Patreon shoutouts is Neil B., Terry Ann K., and Amy S., thank you very much for going and signing up to become patrons. If you're interested in doing that, go to patreon.com backslash the confessionals. That's patreon.com backslash the confessionals, P A T R E O N.com 
backslash the confessionals. And there you'll see all the different rewards we offer if you want to sign up to become a patron. If you have a story or something you'd like to share on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the connection section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me. Just get a hold of me. So this week's show, we have Chance coming on. And Chance is actually going to share some paranormal experiences and Bigfoot experiences he's had throughout his life. It's a very good show. So sit back, relax, and we'll bring on Chance right after this. Okay, tonight we have Chance coming on, and Chance, you and I connected through email, an email that I did lose, and uh, I'm really glad to have you on though tonight, because I know I was looking forward to having uh, a chance to talk with you. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm definitely definitely excited uh, you know, to finally have a chance to sit down and talk with you about stuff. So Absolutely. Uh, I know you have a couple of different topics you want to talk about tonight. Uh, you want to talk about some paranormal stuff, and you also want to talk about some uh, Sasquatch encounters. And you know I'm always down for the Sasquatch encounters, so uh, we'll save that for last. <laughs> um, so why don't you start us off with the paranormal activity? You said that to me that you, uh, it, I guess the first experience kind of started about 20 years ago at your grandparents' house. Uh, why don't you walk us into the situation and let us know what, what kind of happened and how it unfolded? Yeah, so that's like you like you had mentioned, um all of my paranormal stuff um started roughly roughly about twenty years ago and that's kinda what was the catalyst for what got me um you know, interested in in that side of things and which eventually led to led to the Bigfoot stuff. Um <clears throat> so the first uh first paranormal encounter um that I had was at my grandparents' house. Um, I'd go over there with them and spend the weekend, you know, a couple nights in the weekend with them. Um, my grandpa was was a mechanic up until the day that he retired. Um, so he would get up early on, on Saturday mornings um, to head into the shop, finish up loose ends, um, you know, with whatever he needed to take care of. And, that type of deal, leaving me and my grandma, you know, with the house to ourselves for a few hours. Um, so I was over there, over there for the weekend, and uh, had woken up and had woken up, and the way their house was set up, you walked in to the front door and that put you in the living room, and you walked through the living room which opened up into the dining room and then you walk through the dining room and the kitchen was on the back end of the house. So I had woken up this Saturday morning and making my way into the kitchen to get, 
you know, some breakfast before the day started and was sitting there waiting for, waiting for breakfast, uh, breakfast to get done in the kitchen. And my grandma had, you know, called me from the, uh, living room up at the front of the house. <clears throat> so I had, you had a few minutes, you know, before everything was ready to go in the kitchen and, <clears throat> you know, made my way up to the front of the house, you know, to see what she wanted. And I walked out of the kitchen into the dining room and they had this big, one of those big older style, uh, dining room tables. Yeah. And as soon as I, as soon as I hit that dining room from, from the kitchen on the other side of the other side of the dining room table, there was this transparent lady standing on the other side of the table. Um, she didn't, didn't say a single word to me. Um, she was just standing there on the other side of this table looking at me. I I distinctly remember to this day that this lady was wearing this long, long white dress with blue polka dots and had this pearl necklace. Um, and like I said, was just standing there staring at me. Um, never said a word to me. I looked at her, asked her if there was anything that I could help her with. And no, no longer than me finishing that question of asking if there was anything that I could help her with. As she continued to stare at me, just started to disappear from the feet up. And that was, like I said, that was my first experience I had with anything even remotely close to this and was the catalyst for, you know, getting, getting me interested in the, you know, the entire subject to begin with. Wow. So when you saw this thing, uh, I guess really, did your grandmother see it? First of all, did your grandmother see it at all? Um, not, not that day. Um, she was in, that took place in, in the dining room and my grandmother was in the next room up, which would have been the family room. Okay. And, uh, let me ask you this question just out of curiosity. Did your grandmother really call you? Well, when I, when I went up there, when I, after she, this lady disappeared, I went up there and my, my grandmother, you know, was just, sitting in her recliner watching the morning news. Um, you know, the, obviously, you know, I was, after that had happened, I was, I was caught a little off guard. Um, I remember just going in, uh, through the dining room into, uh, into the living room where my grandma was at. And, um, I remember going into the living room and, you know, saying, just saying good morning to her. Um, as far as her actually calling me up, I don't remember her. 
asking me anything once I got up there other than, you know, saying good morning and, you know, that type of stuff. Um, it ended up being a couple hours, um, going by before I had brought up that, um, that encounter to my grandma. Um, I had just asked her, you know, I remember asking her, like, if anything, like, weird, you know, had ever, had ever happened or whatever. <clears throat> you know, she was kind of, you know, poking around, trying to figure out what I was talking about. And, you know, I just asked her if she had ever, you know, seen anything or heard anything, you know, when Grandpa had been, been at work with, without even missing a beat. You know, she had asked me if I had seen you know, if I had seen this lady in a dress before. So it ended up coming, turning out that my grandma had actually seen this lady several times before um, in her house there. Wow. So without you telling your grandmother, she asked you if you saw the lady in a dress. Yes. Wow. What what did you feel like? I mean, what was that feeling when your grandmother directly addresses what you just experienced? I mean, was it like a gut punch or were you relieved that, you know, you weren't crazy or what was your thoughts, man? I, I, initially, I think it was just a com- combination of, you know, okay, so this is, this really is something, you know, that I just saw. I'm not, you know, this not, isn't something that I imagined. I wasn't, you know, half asleep type of deal. You know, and the other, other part of it was, just kind of shocked like I actually saw this happen you know there had been at that same house um that my grandparents were living at when that happened um I don't remember it was like I said this was probably 20 years ago so I don't remember you know exactly the time gap or anything between that first incident happening um I know it was later, later that same summer, um, back at my grandparents' house again, kind of the same situation, you know, just spending, spending a couple of nights there visiting with them and that type of deal. Um, me and my grandma were both, both upstairs, um, in the family room watching TV. I think my grandpa was out in the garage working on one of the, one of his trucks or something messing around out in the garage. But uh, my grandparents had a had a basement in this house as well. <clears throat> so me and my grandma were, like I said, we were sitting upstairs watching TV, and we had heard we had heard some noise coming from from their basement, and it sounded like we. We heard music and it sounded like, you know, a couple people talking and sounded like stuff had been, was being moved around in the basement. So we had thought, you know, that my grandpa came in the back door and was, you know, down in the garage, or that, excuse me, down in the basement looking, looking for something to, you know, keep working on, on his truck. <clears throat> so we didn't really, you know, initially think anything too much of it. A couple couple minutes went by, like maybe five, ten minutes um, had gone by. And my grandpa had ended up coming in through 
through the front door of the house. Um, had gotten, you know, went to the kitchen to get a drink of water and went back out the front door and was sitting on the front porch. Again, didn't think, didn't think too much of it. As my grandpa was sitting out on the front porch, taking a break, we can, we heard, heard that same noise. We heard, you know, music coming from the basement, what sounded like people down there talking. And it sounded like, you know, that noise, you know, when people are moving furniture and rearranging stuff, that's what we heard down in the basement. <clears throat> so I got up, looked out the window, and my grandpa's still sitting on the front porch. And this whole time, we're hearing the music, people talking, laughing, and what sounds like stuff being moved down in the basement. I just kind of, I remember slowly just kind of turning around and looking at my grandma, and the only thing that she said to me was, oh, that's nothing to worry about. We, I, we, I hear that stuff all the time. If we go down there and flip on the light, by the time we get down to the end of the stairs in the basement, all those sounds will, all those sounds will stop. So at this point, I'm just kind of, you know, again, you know, shocked. I don't really know what to think. <clears throat> so me and my, me and my grandma walk to the back, back of the house. We go down the stairs into the basement. And this whole time, as we're walking down the stairs, we're hearing, you know, music, people laughing, that type of stuff. But as soon as we get about halfway down the stairs, all this noise and all these sounds that we're hearing stop. And we hit the end of the stairs and are now in the basement. And there's no music, no people talking, nobody down there at all whatsoever. It's complete silence in the basement. See, and it doesn't surprise me. I mean, obviously, you know, your grandmother said it would happen. And, you know, the whole story buildup is you knew it, it was going to happen like that. Now, but in the moment, what were your thoughts? I mean, were you thinking that you're going to get down there and see something? Or were you just trusting that what your grandmother said was going to happen? It was just going to, you know, go away. And 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 also, how was it scary? I mean, to to hear things coming from the basement, knowing that you're not down there, grandma's not down there, grandpa's not down there. Who the heck is down there? <laughs> it's. I don't know that I was necessarily scared. I think it was more of just kind of being freaked out a little bit. Um, <clears throat> with my grandma telling me, you know, hey, if we go down there. And look, by the time we get down there, you know, nothing will be down there. You know, it's, I had every reason to believe her, but on the same hand, you know, I'm still thinking in the back of my head, you know, like what the heck is going on? You know, there's no way, you know, if they're, if we're hearing these noises upstairs, there's, upstairs, there's gotta be something going on down in the basement. Is You know, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Um, You know, and then I'm, I switched from that train of thought to, you know, I'm gonna, am I going to see this lady in the dress down there? You know, is she going to be down there, you know, kind of replaying of the, that first experience, but down in the basement now. So, you know, I wasn't walking down there with my grandma. I wasn't really sure, you know, what to expect or what we were getting ready to walk into. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, let me ask you a couple of questions here. One, you said it was sure. 20 years ago. Uh, so that puts a date on, on things, you know, 20 years ago, this was happening. Uh, mm-hmm. do you know how old the house was? My, if I remember correctly, um, if I remember correctly, my, I was, my grandparents owned that house or had purchased that house rather when me and my mom moved here from Iowa. Um, I want to say it was built, I want to say the house itself was built in the mid sixties. Um, it's like mid to late sixties. Okay. Mid to late sixties. Uh, that actually fits the time frame in my mind perfectly because uh, you mentioned about the lady in a white dress with polka dots. What I picture yeah. in my mind is, uh, and you said they were blue polka dots. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So what I picture in my mind is a lady from the 1960s era in the, those popular, like sundresses almost with the, with the, uh, not even a, sun, it wasn't a sundress, but you know what I mean? Where it kind of like, uh, like a, it poops out like towards a leisure. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like, like a leisure dress type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just basically like you would see if you saw somebody draw a picture of that picture, perfect family in the 1950s and sixties, you know, the mom's always wearing a dress, you know, vacuuming the house or something. And that, that style of dress, uh, is that the kind of style of dress that she was wearing? That's, that's almost exactly what it reminded me of. Um, you know, it reminded me of, you know, that typical, you know, image. Like when I think of like, you know, that era, you know, I think of, you know, just like you were describing, you know, vacuuming the house, you know, that picture perfect family sitting on the front porch drinking, you know, lemonade or sweet tea or something. Um, that's it. That's exactly what it reminded me of, though. Yeah, because, I mean, that's what I was thinking, too. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm assuming your grandmother never really talked about the history of the house. You probably don't know much of the history, do you? Uh, as far as a uh, history of it, I do not. Um, I believe my, my grandparents were, my grandparents were only the second owners of that house. Um, so only, there was only one other person that had, you know, had owned that house prior to my grandparents buying it. Um, up until, you know, I had that first encounter there. Um, if not, I never heard my grandma talk about any, any of that type of stuff happening there. Um, like I said, until I brought it up, um, once I brought it up to her, you know, she was pretty, she was a little more open to talking about it and just different stuff that had happened. Um, you know, outside of those two, those two situations. Um, my, my grandma, um, had actually, actually passed away about seven or eight years ago. And then my grandpa just passed away almost two years ago. And we actually still owned, uh, well, my grandfather did still owned that house up until, uh, he passed away about two years ago. So, um, I mean, I remember, you know, going over there to clean up the house, um, you know, to get, 
to get it ready to, you know, to sell it and put it on the market. And, you know, this was, this was 20 years ago. And I remember, you know, my mother and I walking down into the basement and I just, I didn't, it wasn't, you know, where I felt like it, it was anything, you know, bad or evil or anything like that in the basement. But it was just still that weird, just a weird, like, you know, uncomfortable, almost uncomfortable, like uneasy kind of vibe walking back down into the basement again. And that was, you know, still after 20 years. I can imagine. I I mean, this is doesn't really have anything to do with the particular situation, but uh, do you ever get creeped out going into any other basements? I, the only, the only, the only time I felt I've, I have felt like that was going into my grandparents' basement. Um, my, my mother has a basement at, at her house. Um, I don't get that vibe at all going down into her basement. Um, granted she just had her house built probably nine or 10 years ago. Um, so I mean, it's not, History-wise, there's, you know, not a lot of history other than um, her and my stepdad being there for the last nine or ten years. Um, you know, but I've had, you know, I have other friends whose parents have basins at their houses. Um, I've never gotten that by that, you know, when I've been over there hanging out with them or um, anything like that before. All right, man. Well, let's take a break right now. When we come back, we'll get right back into it. hard at being healthier and what we really need is better quality sleep the new sleep number 360 smart bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides this is not a bed it's proven quality sleep it's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale save 50 percent on the new sleep number 360 limited edition smart bed plus special financing only for a limited time to find your local sleep number store go to sleepnumber.com special financing subject to credit approval minimum monthly payments required see store for details It's funny how things can kind of carry with you over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I don't even remember what, I don't know if it was a movie or a TV show, but I remember seeing on TV somewhere, uh, it must have been some kind of horror movie back in the day, but it was these people that there's something in their basement. And I would distinctly remember seeing, uh, I, I think it was, it was climbing the stairs after them when they were running out of the basement. And like, it scarred me because right. uh, after seeing that, and I lived in the trailer park, so I didn't have a basement. And so I remember going to my aunt and uncle's house and me and my cousin would go into the basement to get something for the bikes or whatever. And I was always scared to be the last one coming up the stairs because I always had that image in my head of something coming up and grabbing me. And uh, I, right. I would have nightmares about it and uh, like very vivid nightmares. And uh, 
to this day, I, I don't get scared. Like I have a basement and I'm in the base. I go to other people's basements, whatever. But to this day, when I'm walking upstairs out of a basement, I just get that feeling like something's right on my heels. Like, and when I get to the top stair, I always just kind of like look over my shoulder just because like, I, I, I it's just, a, it's just this feeling that I carry with me still to this day and i know exactly where it came from and like i'm like i said i'm not mm-hmm. scared of my basement it's just that feeling when i'm going up the stairs i just want to get to the last step the last step before i get over into my kitchen i just look over my shoulder and then i, <laughs> and I turn out the light <laughs> and I, I walk away it's it's very interesting it's i mean just, yeah it's just that uneasy that uneasy feeling yeah absolutely and, and it's like it's a basement. I mean, I guess, you know, basements can be creepy, I guess. Uh, my basement's not finished, you know. I, I actually put a video up on uh, our Patreon page of where I'm going to be building the new studio when I hit a certain amount of patrons. And uh, it's right. actually, when you go down into my basement, that's the unfinished basement where you have the laundry, the cat litter, all that crap. And uh, yeah. there's, there's, a, there's a wall with a big hole in the wall. And if you go into that hole... It opens up into a big room. It's basically the size of my living room above it. And uh, that's where I'm going to be building the studio. And so, like, when you're going down there and stuff, you you see this unfinished basement. And hopefully one day I'll be able to open up into an actual finished studio. But I'll tell you, going into that hole, like, because there's no lights in there and stuff, (laughs) it's a little creepy. It really is. It's it's, it's definitely (laughs) almost makes you second guess it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think the first the first order of business is to make that hole bigger, make it an actual door so it feels normal. Because right now it feels like I'm climbing into a dungeon, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Oh, man. So that's that's some interesting stuff, man. I mean, just hearing this stuff in the basement, uh, not seeing, you know, anything when you get down there and actually stopping. Uh, I mean, your grandmother clearly had lots of interaction with things going on at the house for her to know what was going to happen in the basement when you go down and for her to have seen what you had already seen. Uh, so did she ever tell you any stories that she's had? Um, she, she didn't really get a whole lot into it. She just kind of, um, you know, reconfirmed, you know, the, the lady in the dress reconfirmed, you know, the, what was going on in the basement, that type of stuff. Um, I don't think my grandpa really, really, really bought into it. Um, you know, what was going on all that much. Um, you know, he would, I was, I was the first grandson that they had, you know, so my grandpa, you know, would listen, you know, list would sit and listen to, you know, the stories that I would tell him of what happened. And, you know, he'd kind of, he'd, you know, he'd listen to, you know, what my grandma was, was telling him as well. Um, but I think he, you know, just kind of took it with a grain of salt type of deal. Um, and it's not, that's actually not something that those, you know, encounters that I had at their house wasn't even something I really brought up with my grandpa until they, until they bought another house and were, were renting out that old house. Um, we were, you know, it was moving day and they were, we were over there helping them get everything packed up to move into, um, this new house that they bought. And I think we, I went down in the basement with my grandpa and we were making sure, you know, that we had everything cleared out of the basement. 
<clears throat> and I had brought, I just kind of looked at grandpa and I was like, I was like, you know, grandpa, you know, and I was like, I don't think I don't think I ever told you this, um, but, you know, and went into what happened with seeing that lady in the living room and, you know, the sounds and the, the voices and the music in the basement. And he just kind of looked, he just looked at me and, you know, kind of chuckled a little bit. Um, and he goes, yeah. And he goes, he goes, your grandma used to talk about that stuff happening too when you were, when you were a lot younger. Um, but again, it was one of those things where, you know, he just kind of wrote it off. So I couldn't really get, get him to talk about, talk about it a whole lot. Um, but I guess it had been going on for a while, even before, you know, those two, those two events, you know, that, that I was able to witness. So I, apparently there was a, you know, a pretty, a long enough history, you know, of that happening, you know, that grandma was talking to grandpa about it before, you know, I witnessed those two things happening. Yeah. And I find that very interesting. I mean, I guess, you know, everybody's different with how they react to things. Uh, For me, if my wife told me that she heard things going on in the basement, if my wife told me she saw an apparition of a lady in a dress in her house, uh, I, I would, I clearly, I think I would take it, you know, serious. I think everybody knows that. I mean, I do this show for crying out loud, but you know, like I, I don't quite understand certain people's mindsets when it comes to that, because, you know, especially when it comes to a spouse, because like your spouse, you would think isn't going to make things up and lie to you. And, uh, if I just don't understand why some people don't give any credence to what their spouse says when it comes to a haunting in their home, uh, other than the fact that maybe the person just doesn't want to deal with it. They just don't want to touch it. Uh, is that the kind of person your grandfather was? He just didn't want to touch those topics and just kind of let it go. My grandpa, my grandpa was very, he was very black and white. Um, he was, my grandpa raised me like I was his son. Um, he was one of the greatest, one of the greatest men that I ever, you know, that I ever knew. Um, that being said, he was, he was just very black and white. Um, he came from that generation that grew up, you know, during the great depression, um, ended up, um, ended up dropping out of school when he was 10, um, to help his parents on the farm. Um, then ended up teaching him himself, you know, how to work on cars, engines, how to fix anything with engines, and then went into the air force, um, and did two, two tours in the air force, um, as a mechanic for them. So, I mean, that's just kind of his mindset. He was, he was very, very black and white, um, very hands-on. Um, if something was, if something was broke, he fixed it. If he couldn't fix it, then you didn't need it. And you went out and bought a new one. Um, I mean, that's, that's just the way, the way he was. He was very, he was very black and white. Um, and like I said, very technical, you know, just very, very hands-on. Um, so I think that's just kind of, you know, the mentality that he had, if he didn't, he had to see something, you know, right there in front of him, um, and be able to see it and touch it and fix it, you know, before approaching it type of deal. So I don't think that it was necessarily that he didn't believe us. 
he just he just always had that mindset of you know he had he had to see it right there in front of his face if that makes sense no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, everybody kind of reacts to things differently. And, uh, you know, I'm obviously one of those people that kind of, I dive into topics like this more willingly, but some people, they won't touch it. They just don't touch it. And it's funny because some people, they have experienced things and they still won't touch it. They're like, no, nah, I'm not going there. Right. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's right. very interesting. I, I, I'm fat. I'm like, I'm not the most uh, highly intelligent person in the world and stuff, but I am fascinated with the psyche of people when it comes to the paranormal because people react so differently. Two people could experience the same exact thing on the uh, same exact time together and they react Mm -hmm. totally different. And I just find that Mm -hmm. so fascinating because there's something there in the psyche of the individual person that makes them react that way. Uh, I'm just not smart enough to figure it out. So, (laughs) (laughs) So. absolutely. There's, I have, I have a couple of friends that are like that, that I've taken, um, that I've taken out with me when I've gone on investigations. Um, and this was another, you know, thing that I had mentioned to you in the email I sent you. Um, but I mean, there was, there was probably, I think there was five or six of us out one night and we had just a bunch of, a bunch of activity happening. Um, and like I said, there was five or six of us there and two, two of my friends that were with us, you know, we all, all, we're all there. We all experienced the exact same thing, but two of them, you know, you ask them about it today. They won't even talk about it. They refuse to go back to this location. They want nothing to do with it. Well, why don't you tell us about that whole story? So, um, this was in this was in two thousand two thousand four. Um, it was my my first semester down in college in southwestern Indiana. Um, I don't remember how we got on the you know, on the topic of the paranormal and, and that, that type of deal. But I was sitting around with five or six other friends outside of our, our dorm room one night, talking, playing cards, that type of stuff. And we had gotten on, you know, on the topic of, of the paranormal. So two of my friends had, had mentioned that there was this bridge about an hour and a half away from campus that they had been to several times and had had, you know, multiple experiences and, um, you know, different EVPs and that type of stuff. So we had all, you know, we were talking about it for about 20, 30 minutes. Um, we all decided to, to load up in my buddy's car and head down there and, you know, and check it out. Um, and this was, this encounter was what, you know, kind of brought me back, back to the paranormal and got me, you know, actively out investigating and that type of stuff. Um, so we end up going to this bridge about, about an hour away from, from campus. Um, and story goes, this bridge was built in early, the early 1920s early 1920s to mid 1920s and you know of course you know everywhere you go like this has you know their you know their their stories and 
you know, the local legends of, you know, what happened and, you know, what you're supposed to do. And if you do this, X, Y, and Z will happen. Um, so the story of this local bridge was that supposedly um, a little girl had was playing in the creek that runs under this bridge. And um, her parents would drop her off, at, you know, to play in the creek underneath the bridge while they would go into town. Well, on her, when her parents were, you know, coming back into town, um, you know, her parents would stop and stop on the bridge and honk. And that was, you know, them letting their daughter know that they were back and heading back to their, to their home. So story goes, they did this one day and, um, the little girl, um, had ended up drowning in this Creek and that's supposed to be, you know, the little girl that is supposedly, you know, attached to this location at the bridge. Um, so with that being said, you know, a little backstory of, of the bridge, um, my, it was myself and a, I think we, we must've crammed six of us into my buddy's, um, old crown Victoria that he had. And we had been, we finally make it to the bridge. We had been there for probably, probably 20, 25 minutes. Um, and it's, we were, we're all, all my friends that were down there, we were all, we're all pretty big guys. I'm just over six foot and I'm, you know, I weigh in at 225. And at the time I was the smallest of my buddies on the bridge. So we were all, all pretty big dudes that packed in football players. Yeah. (laughs) All pretty big guys that packed in there, you know, and not really, not really the type of, you know, guys that, you know, you know, scare easy or, you know, that, you know, people would just want to come up with and start messing with. <clears throat> so it's about, it's about one, one o'clock in the morning and it's, you know, all five, six of us standing in the middle of this bridge. You know, I get, I get this idea of, you know, asking this little girl, you know, if they're, you know, if you're here, do you want to come out and play a game with us? Not even five seconds with me asking if this little girl wanted to come out and play a game with us. At the end of the bridge in front of us, on the left-hand side, we heard very distinctly a little girl laughing. As soon as that little girl laughing stopped, it was behind us on the opposite end of the bridge on the right-hand side laughing. And like I said, it was five, six of us, all big guys, just, you know, standing in the middle of the bridge, kind of looking at each other like, okay, that just happened. What do we do now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, which way do you go? You know, <laughs> you're kind of surrounded. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that was, that was my, that was my first, you know, first experience, um, first experience at that location. Um, I've been going back there three, 
you know, three, four, five times every year. Um, it's usually me and the same group of guys that go down. Every once in a while, I'll take, um, you know, take a couple of new friends that haven't been there yet. Um, a few years ago, I had, it was, you know, me and my two buddies that always go down with me. Um, I had brought in, I had brought my girlfriend with me and my buddies had bought, had brought the two girls they were dating with them at, at the time. So again, there was, you know, six of us there. And again, you know, we're all more or less just <clears throat> kind of hanging out in the middle of the bridge. Um, weren't really, you know, getting, getting too far into, you know, the investigation or anything, um, at that point. Um, but, um, again, it was probably, this was probably two o'clock in the morning. Um, my, my friend had mentioned that he had heard somebody come up behind him and whisper. He said it sounded like somebody whispering from behind him over his shoulder and into his ear, into his ear, just leave. He said he heard it clear as day and he was convinced for, you know, like two or three minutes that, you know, it was one of the, one of us, you know, just messing with them you know, whispering, just leave into his ear. Um, so, you know, we're, we're all sitting there, you know, swearing up and down, you know, none of us were talking, nobody, you know, it was, it was none of us that whispered anything into your ear. You know, we were, we were all quiet. Nobody whispered anything. Um, within five minutes of him hearing, you know, some, somebody whispering, just leave over his shoulder and into his ear. His girlfriend had complained or, you know, had started to complain about, about how the, the side of her stomach was hurting. And so I ran, ran down to my truck, got one of my flashlights out and she had, she lifted up her, lifted up her shirt and she had, she actually had scratches running from probably the, the middle of her stomach down to just above her hip bone. And I mean, it was, you know, distinct, like five scratches running probably halfway down, halfway down her side, from her, her side, from her, the middle of her ribs down to her hip bone. That's pretty crazy. I mean, in those kind of situations, what do you do? I mean, did you guys just, you know, roll out of there? And I mean, it sounds like you've gone back as you say, you go back, uh, but I mean, did your girlfriend ever go back? And I mean, that was all in one night, I believe, right? That your friend here is just leave, and then your girlfriend scratched, right? Yeah, that both of those were, both of those were the same night, probably within. <clears throat> it seemed like a it seemed like a long time, but it, you know, in all actuality, it was probably all of that probably happened within just five or ten minutes. Wow. Um, but you know, I mean. I think that, you know, when, when that, you know, when we have that kind of activity, you know, that tends to, that tends to happen, you know, I think 
I think we ended up, um, we ended up walking off the bridge, um, back to my truck. And I think we went, we went into town and got some coffee and just kind of sat down and talked about everything for, you know, that had happened for 20, 20 or 30 minutes, you know, trying to figure out, well, you know, was there anybody, was there anybody else out there that we didn't see? Did you guys, you know, see anybody? Did you guys see anybody else out there? You know, did, did you have those scratches earlier? And that just triggered, you know, maybe for whatever reason, you know, a sudden pain on your, on your side, you know, you know, just trying to approach it realistically. Um, I mean, that night we ended up, we ended up going back after sitting there trying to figure stuff out for 20 or 30 minutes and stayed for a couple more hours. Um, that same night we ended up, if I can find it, I'll have to try to send it to you. Um, but that same night though, as those two things happened, um, we ended up, we ended up getting probably one of the clearest EVPs, um, that we've ever gotten when we've been out investigating before. Um, and on this EVP, it's just, it's probably only five or six seconds long, but it's one word and it's, it's a voice saying, saying Edna, which coincidentally is the name of this bridge where, where we were at. Now that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, I would I mean, love to hear that if you have it. Yeah, um, I, I think I have. I think I have it saved to my, saved to my iCloud. Um, so I have to pull it, see if I can pull it from there and email it to you. But yeah, yeah all all three of those things happened, happened in one night, within probably two or three hours of being there. All right. Well, we're gonna take a break right now. We'll be right back, everybody. for ghost hunting now i talk to a lot of people uh who do go out you know doing their thing investigating paranormal areas uh it's just not my cup of tea i i I would i would um i'd be fine being out there in the middle of the night you know hanging out with people and stuff but just i don't know for me the idea of going out with the intent to start out ghost hunting uh it's just it's just something about it i just can't bring myself to do now I, I can be out in the right. woods in the middle of the night you know looking for bigfoot i'm good you know <laughs> but it's, right. it's just i don't know it's just something um I, I it probably has something to do with my psyche with you know my my upbringing in the christian uh faith just the idea of hunting ghosts um but right. uh you know the idea of people catching EVPs fascinates me. I love hearing them because, you know, it, it's some, sometimes you know, you hear people talk about it and it's like, okay, if you're, if you think you know what you want to hear, you're going to hear it kind of thing. But sometimes 
Like, and I understand that. Like, if if you if you're going into an area and you know the name of the bridge, you're going to hear the name of the bridge in the EVP because that's what your mind wants to hear. But there are times where where I'm just like, no, I'm sorry, that thing just said what we think it said. You know, like there's no way around it. You're not stretching your ears for it. It clearly and i I just you know i don't know maybe uh seven eight weeks ago i had uh dave groves on and he was talking about their experiences in in the uh, allegheny national forest and i played the the audio clip that they got where they asked where they were and it said allegheny in a very breathy voice for me i'm listening to that and i remember the first time i heard that uh i was like that sounds like allegheny like before they even told me and uh, it's just so I don't know. I, I just went on that rampage about EVPs and stuff. I'm sorry, but uh, I, I just find it oh, fascinating. Oh. So if you do come across it, I would love to hear it. And if you want, I could share it on the website as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, uh, like I said, I'll try to find that um, later tonight for you. Awesome. So uh, you said you had some uh, Sasquatch encounters, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, um, the, I, I've always been, that's something I've always been interested in as well in conjunction with, in conjunction with the paranormal. Um, I've just always thought it was a really interesting subject. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, the witness encounters have always, have always been really fascinating, um, in my opinion, to listen to. Um, so, I mean, it's always been, I've always had that fascination with it, and I didn't didn't really start getting full-fledged in, into the subject like I am now until probably, probably three or four years ago. Um, I had... I was looking through through a bunch of different podcasts and um, had come come across Wes and his show uh, Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, I listened to listened to the first first one of his episodes and got hooked, and then actually heard about your show on his show. <laughs> um, but that's so, I and mean, that's what you know really sparked sparked my interest, you know, in, in, in that whole field. Um, so the same group of guys that, you know, I always, always go out with, you know, for the paranormal stuff, we were out, um, we were out at a different location, um, about an hour, about an hour south of us, um, in in a state park um and this location's you know something that you know i've i've been following for the last probably three or four years and there's just just a ton of crazy crazy reports and stories that come out of out of this location so you know we went out to check it out to check it out one night didn't really know you know what to expect or you know if we'd you know really encounter anything or you know, what would happen. 
Um, so we went out one night and we've been there for probably, probably every bit of four or five hours. We had gotten there kind of late evening and, um, late later in the evening and we're wrapping everything up and, um, you know, getting ready to head out probably, probably around midnight, one o'clock in the morning or so. Um, so we had, and like I said, we didn't really have, you know, anything, anything happened that night. Um, so we had gotten everything packed up and it was just the three of us. Um, and we were, you know, had loaded everything, loaded everything back up into the bed of my truck. And, um, one of my friends had realized that he had left, left a couple of pieces of his equipment um, back in the area where we were, you know, doing our, our investigating and hanging out. So, you know, I offered to, it was about a mile, about a mile walk back to where he had left his stuff at. So, you know, I had offered to, you know, walk back in with him and help him carry out, you know, the few things that he had left. And while my other buddies stayed back at the truck and, you know, to watch the truck and the equipment and everything. <clears throat> so we're walking and this this trail that we were following, it's almost it's almost like a service access road for, you know, like the park rangers and that type of stuff. It's just big enough where they can fit, you know, their service vehicle or truck or whatever, you know, down this road. And then it opens up into this, you know, nice open area and and that type of deal. <clears throat> so we get to the end of this service trail and it opens up into this big circular area um, that has, you know, a couple of benches and, you know, seating area and things. So we're approaching one of the benches where he had, my friend had left his, you know, a couple bags of his equipment sitting on for the night. We get probably, I would say we were probably five or 600 yards um, from this table. And, you know, all, all three of us have spent, you know, ample, an ample amount of time, you know, in the woods, you know, hiking, camping, fishing, hunting, that type of deal. So it's not like we're not, you know, accustomed to, you know, different sounds and, you know, different animals and, you know, that type of thing that, you know, that you're, that you're going to hear, you know, hanging out in the middle of the woods. So we get probably, like I said, 500, probably 500 or so yards away from this table and off to our right, just inside the tree line, off to our right, we heard, the only way I can describe this to you is that this sound was the most high-pitched, blood-curdling sound that I have ever heard in my life. And this is the sound that we heard 
off to our right, just inside the tree line. Okay. So we, we both kind of stop and we look at each other, you know, with this confused look on our face. And, you know, I, I asked him, go, did you just hear that? And he was like, yeah, I have no idea what that was. <clears throat> so we keep walking. We get, we probably cut the distance in half, you know, to the, to this table. And, you know, this is all, this is all happening probably within 30 seconds. So we cut the distance in half to the table and directly in front of us, on the opposite side of the table, directly in front of us, we hear that that same high-pitched, blood-curdling scream. At this point, we're both, you know, we're both, we're both slightly more than concerned at this point. Um, you know, so we greatly increase our speed, you know, getting to the table. As soon as we get to the table, we know more, you know, no faster than picking up the equipment that we had left sitting on the table. We hear that sound a third time, but it's coming from the left side in the, in the tree line. So at this point we're, you know, we are, both of us are completely, completely freaked out. We grab, you know, grab the rest of the stuff that we had left there and we made, you know, made a complete dead sprint, um, back down that, back down that service trail, back to my truck. We throw, you know, throw the rest of the stuff into the back of my truck. My friend that had stayed, um, stayed back with the truck to watch the truck and the rest of the goon, you know, is, <clears throat> is just as freaked out as we were, you know, asking us what that sound was, what was going on, you know, wanting to know what was, what was happening back there. All I could tell him was, I don't know, but get, you need to get in the truck right now. We're leaving. Um, so that was, that was kind of the precursor, um, you know, to the siding. Um, so we, we all get into the, we're all into the truck at this point. Um, I, you know, I back up, put my, throw my truck in reverse, you know, to back up out on back on back out onto the main road and, you know, throw, throw my truck in gear and we get, we probably made it, I would say probably, um, we made it less than two miles. It had to be less than two miles, two miles down the road. Um, and I still get freaked out <laughs> sharing this with people. I can imagine. Um, but probably, probably less than two miles down the road. And this thing, it all happened so quick. This thing stepped out of the, 
out of the woods, out of the wood line on the right side of the road and took, it took one step out of the wood line and was on the road and then cleared, cleared the road in, in three steps and was on the opposite side of the road going back into the tree line on the opposite side of the road. Wow. So you got a good look at it. Better, better than what I probably cared to. I mean, crossing this thing, crossing the road, like I said, it was, you know, no more than three steps from one side of the road to the other side before it disappeared into the tree line on the opposite side of the road. Okay. So when you saw this thing, how tall would you roughly estimate it being? My, I have my trucks an F one fifty, and this thing had probably a good foot and a half to two feet clearance over my truck. Wow. So this thing was probably, I would estimate probably based on just knowing how my truck sits, this thing was probably, probably about, probably about seven, probably about seven feet tall. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. I mean, F-150, you're thinking, I mean, the top of that is probably, you know, six feet-ish and, you know, yeah. a foot or two above. That. That's that's a big one, man. That's big. Uh, and this was in Indiana? Yeah. Wow. What part of Indiana? Um, I'm, in, I'm in central Indianapolis. So this location was roughly, roughly an hour south of me. Now, when it crossed the road, how fast did it move? Was it like a was it running across the road, or did it just kind of like nonchalantly cross the road, almost like intentionally making sure you guys saw it? From the way that it, from the way that it crossed to me, um, it had to be, it had to be intentional. Um, there was, you know, no. Um, it was in no hurry to get across the road. So that said, do you think that this thing was back where you were before? I mean, now you said you, I think you said you drove two miles down the road. Uh, do you think this is the same creature that you heard back there? And before you answer that, I want to kind of revisit those vocalizations you heard. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, it sounds like you were surrounded by multiple creatures. Is that what you gathered or do you think it was something else? Just from how quick we heard, just from how quick we heard those those vocals, because hearing those vocals on the right side of us, in front of us, and then to the left, that all happened in in under thirty seconds. Um, I know these things are supposed to be crazy fast, but I mean that. That was a huge area, um, you know, to cover in in under thirty seconds. Um, you know, and then the fact that 
we made it probably two miles down the road, you know, combined, like I said, combined with, you know, how fast we heard those three, those three vocals, you know, that in my mind, logically, I, you know, that makes me think it had to be at least two of them. It had to be definitely had to be more than one is, you know, is, is what I think. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree with you. Uh, when you said what you said to me, I was thinking it has to be more than one, uh, at least two. But uh, it sounded like you were surrounded. Now, uh, I was wondering what your thoughts are on this, because you're telling me you walk back to this area to get your friend's gear. Now, the distance between uh, this area where the gear was and the tr- in your truck was, I think you said it was a mile. Is that right? Yeah, it was roughly a mile maybe maybe a little less it was roughly roughly a mile though yeah okay so for one your friend heard the the screaming back at the truck which shows how loud this was and also mm-hmm. the fact that you left the gear there and once you're approaching the gear you start hearing the screams to me it sounds like maybe they knew the gear was there and they're kind of coming in to take a look at it what do you think that's you know that's not really an aspect that I, that I really thought of until you mentioned that, um, that's, you know, that could be, that's a very real possibility though. But, you know, maybe they saw, you know, something that was, you know, out of place and in, in their environment and, you know, coming to check it out to see what it was about. Well, I mean, the fact that you left the stuff there and you start hearing the howls when you approach the area again, uh, to be honest with you, I would think they probably knew you were there when you were there and they knew that you left when you left and they saw that you left something behind. Uh, maybe they were coming in for curiosity. I, I'm just, you know, drawing a picture here. It could be completely off right. base, but, uh, you know, these things, as much as they want to be secluded, I do believe that they're, they are curious and, uh, they're not necessarily afraid of human beings, even though they don't want to be around them. Uh, so it, I find it interesting though, because I wonder if something was going on before you were approaching that area and that screaming was meant to take your attention away from something. Maybe there was one near the bag and you, the, the, the gear and you didn't even notice it and the screaming kind of right. let it get away. Uh, but I really find it interesting how, you get back to the truck. Your friend says he heard the screaming. You guys drive two miles away, and then you see one step out in front of the truck. That's almost like, don't come back here. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> right. I definitely I definitely think they're, you know, they're just from the way, you know, every, like I said, from the way everything happened, I definitely think there was there was more than one. I, You know, because you, you always hear about you always hear about these things, you know, traveling in, you know, groups of two, two or three of them, you know, and you, you know, you always hear, you know, it's not the ones, you know, that you're, that you necessarily hear or see that you worry about. It's the ones that you're not hearing or you're not seeing, you know, that you worry about. Um, you know, but I, I definitely think there, there was at least two of them that night. I definitely think, you know, prior to us, you know, hearing those vocalizations and then, you know, seeing the one, 
across the street, you know, the way it did, I definitely think, you know, that I definitely think that we were, you know, that they had their eyes on us kind of checking us out, you know, before any of that even happened. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think people would be shocked if they knew how close they've been to these things in the wild and stuff. When you go out in the woods, uh, you know, I haven't been out in the woods in a while because the show takes a lot of time up on the weekends. But when I was going out there and stuff, I was very much aware that these things could be around me and I just don't even know it, you know? Uh, absolutely no idea. None. <laughs> absolutely. And that's the, that's the crazy thing. And people are like, well, how could that be? You know, these things are so big. How could you miss something that big? Well, you just watch some videos of known animals and how well they can disguise themselves right in front of you. You would have no idea it's there until it actually moves. And uh, these things, I I really do believe that they're the master of their domain and they they know their area. They know how to hide. Uh, You know, Native Americans... They were very good at moving quietly through the the forest while they were hunting, you know. And, and it's mm-hmm. like I'm not saying these things are human, but what I am saying is they they could have similar you know attributes as to what you know Native Americans had uh, or have, I should say. You know, it just the 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 more you're in nature, the more you're familiar with it, and the more you become part of your surroundings. And these things, you know, they, they just know, I mean, they, they live there, you know? So the fact that they could absolutely be so close to you without you knowing, I think that's a hundred percent possible. I've had people tell me uh, that you'd be very surprised how much they come close to more city environment. Uh, I, <laughs> it's crazy to think about that. These things could be, you know, coming up close to the cities or even in the cities of some, some kind. Uh, it sounds crazy to me because I can't even picture it. I can't imagine something like that. Uh, but I do hear stories right. of people saying, yeah, I, I saw this, you know, at so-and-so location. In fact, when I first started looking into Bigfoot, I came across a report of a guy saying he saw one just outside of Philadelphia. And at first I was like, that guy's crazy. Like, no way. And I look, I, I, I know the area. I, there's no way there's a Bigfoot in that area. And then right. I, I looked at the map and I saw there's this, this uh, for lack of better terms, this strip of tree line that comes up close to Philly, but it kind of connects to the Appalachian Mountains. And, and, and it just makes you think maybe, you know, this thing kind of came in close and just and that's that's the kind of route that it took to get that close. Uh, I don't know. But it's just funny how, you know, we're so dismissive with the idea that these things, you know, couldn't be there because I'm there. I, I looked around. I saw there was nothing there. Yeah, guess again. You know, these things could be there. Absolutely. You know, I think you're I think you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, these things, you know, these things, I think these things definitely, definitely are, you know, you know, the master, the master of their domain. Like you said, you know, the master of their area, you know, and the way, you know, the way I've, you know, kind of thought about it, you know, since this encounter, you know, if, if I were to come out, you know, to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, having lived in, you know, Indiana for so long, I would be completely lost, you know, of, of where, you know, anything is in Pennsylvania. You know, I don't, I don't live there, you know, just like I don't spend, you know, all of my time living in the woods. You put me in Indiana, though, 
you know, where I live at here in Indianapolis or, you know, getting somewhere in the surrounding areas. Absolutely. You know, I can tell you, you know, the fastest way to get there. Do you want to take back roads? Do you want to take main streets? You know, that type of deal. You know, so why wouldn't the same thing be applied, you know, for these things, you know, living in the woods? If they don't want to be seen, they're not going, they're not going to be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's the thing. I, I don't think they want to be seen. It's just, I find it very curious and I've said it before, you know, it's like, it's that old saying, why, why the, whatever cross uh, the, the chicken cross the road? Well, why'd the Bigfoot cross the road? You know? Cause like I, I'm adamant, I'm adamant. I think these things are highly intelligent for their, uh, surroundings at least like, like I don't, they're not just some dumb animal roaming the woods. And if they're intelligent, and they want to be seclusive, secluded. Why the heck are they crossing the road in front of cars? It drives me nuts. Unless they want to right. set a point, unless they're 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 intentionally doing it to tell you something, you know. Uh, and so, in your situation, I think that could be very well possible. I think uh, whatever you saw across the road there uh, might have been back two miles where you were and uh, mm-hmm. tracked with you because, like you just said it earlier, uh, and I've heard it too. These things. I've heard are incredibly fast and it just makes you wonder, did it pace your car? You know, did it pace the truck? It's kind of freaky to think about though. It absolutely, it is. Absolutely. It, and like I said, you know, telling that, that happened, that happened almost two years ago and it, you know, it's still, still, you know, freaks me out. I'm, you know, blows my mind, you know, you know, talking about it again or, you know, even thinking about it. Yeah, I can imagine, man. How long ago was it again? Uh, that was about, about two years ago, coming up on two years ago. Okay. So it wasn't that long ago then? Not at all. Wow. That's, you know, I'm kind of jealous, to be honest with you. <laughs> I mean, I've I've been wanting to see one of these things for a long time, <laughs> but uh, you know, if you had to rank your your sighting here now, I mean, uh, from a scale of one to ten, one being feeling the most safe to ten being petrified out of your mind, where would you rank it? Initially. Initially, when when it happened, I would say no question about it. It was it was definitely a ten. Um, and I you know I say that just because you know about like I said it happened about two years ago. Um, you know we were just getting into you know into doing you know the research, just getting our our feet wet, and this was probably. When this happened, it was probably the second or third time that we had been out, you know, before having this encounter. Um, you know, Dang, so, dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. I am not. <laughs> I mean, there's people that, I mean, I've been searching for so much longer than that. I've, I've been out there for so long. Oh, jealousy and envy is raging through my veins right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it is what it is. I guess I just suck. Um, no, but I mean, it was, 
you know, like I said, it was probably two or three times, you know, it was probably the second or third time we had been out, um, you know, and to think of, you know, what, what all three of us, you know, knew about these things then compared to what, you know, the knowledge that we have, you know, just the three of us, you know, what we know about these things now going out then, you know, looking for them the way we were and, you know, probably wasn't the best idea, but, you know, compared to what, you know, what all we've, you know, just picked up, you know, you know, in that time, um, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, now, you know, I would probably say, you know, I would probably rate, rate it up there as, still now even probably a five or a six. I mean, it was just, it was wild. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine, uh, but that's all I can do is imagine. So <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Chance, man. So before we get out of here, uh, you had a Bigfoot sighting. You had a paranormal experiences, uh, starting off with the Bigfoot sighting, what do you think these things are, man? I mean, you've been looking into it and there's, everybody has different opinions. There is no right or wrong answer. Uh, what are your, what's your gut tell you these things are? You know, when I, when I first got into this, you know, I had my, you know, my ideas of, you know, what I, what I thought they were, um, after seeing this thing, you know, and then to this point, um, you know, I still, I, I maintain in my opinion, you know, that these things are, these things are flesh and blood creatures of some sort, whether it be, you know, um, you know, primate ape type deal that I, you know, I have no idea. Um, I definitely think, you know, that, you know, just based on, you know, my own experience, which is really what, you know, any of us can do really, that these things are definitely, um, flesh and blood creatures of some sort though. Yeah. Uh, before I forget though, I kind of want to backtrack real quick. Uh, what'd your friends say, man? Like you didn't, you weren't the only one that saw this. What'd your friends say when they saw this? All three of us were, all three of us were just, you know, completely, completely shocked and completely shocked and blown away. Um, it was, if I've ever, in all the years I've been, you know, doing the paranormal stuff and, you know, over the last, you know, three or four years of, getting into this topic if i've ever had you know what what we call a an underwear changing moment that definitely would have been it um like i said i mean we were we were all just completely you know completely shocked and and blown away um i don't think any of us any of us said anything to each other 
um, the rest of the night on on the way home. Um, you know, like I said, I was I was driving, you know, so I dropped off. Um, you know, both of my friends at at their houses, um, and I was the last one to get home. You know, being the driver that night, and I think we were, you know, just in that state of, you know, so much shock that that none of us, none of us said, you know, a single word to each other the rest of that night. Um, I don't even think we, it was probably three or four days before, you know, we all got together again and actually sat down and, you know, talked about, you know, everything that happened that night and what we saw and that type of stuff. Yeah. See, there you go again with that weird reaction. I just can't imagine riding home with a bunch of guys who just saw a Bigfoot with me and not talking about it. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I'd be freaking out. I'd be like, did you see that? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, that's like, I, I mean, that's, that was definitely our reaction. You know, I think we were just in so much shock though. Like we just didn't know, we didn't know what to say. Um, we were just, you know, the true definition of, you know, at a, at a loss for words. Um, I mean, we, you know, we talk about it. We still, you know, now, you know, having that, that having happened, you know, two years ago, you know, we look back on it now and, you know, we laugh about, we laugh about it and, you know, we're, we're able to, you know, joke around, you know, about it now, you know, like, Oh, we should have done this. We should have done that, you know? Um, but like I said, you know, that happened almost two years ago. Um, and we still, I mean, that as, as freaked out as we were, that got us hooked. And we still, we still go out to that exact same location all the time. Because you're a beast. That's why. <laughs> I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Ain't no, ain't no Bigfoot gonna scare you away. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I ain't scared of no Bigfoot. <laughs> That's right. Perfect. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, one last question before we get out of here. Uh, back to your paranormal stuff. Uh, now, obviously, this is a very broad question as well. But uh, when it comes to the apparition you saw. What do you think it is? Do you think it's just a, a left behind spirit? Do you think it's a ghost? A, I don't know, demon, whatever your thoughts are. What do you think, man? Well, from that from that situation, I definitely, I definitely didn't get, you know, that vibe of, you know, anything, you know, evil or demonic or dangerous or anything. Um, you know, I didn't feel like, I definitely didn't feel like I was in you know, in danger or anything like that. Um, you know, I think when you, I think when you come across, you know, and have situations like that, you know, I think they're, you know, I think it's just kind of a left behind, you know, a left behind spirit type of deal, maybe, you know, 
maybe maybe somebody in kind of a limbo type of deal, you know, stuck and can't move on or, you know, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to know until they actually get on the other side. So, <laughs> and right. unfortunately, we can't tell anybody then. <laughs> <laughs> too little, too late. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Chance, man, I really appreciate you talking with me. You're, you're a fun guy to talk to. And uh, if you ever have any more experiences with either Paranormal or Bigfoot, uh, let me know, man, because it's definitely a fascinating topic. Absolutely. I, I appreciate the... Uh the opportunity to talk to you right on man i'll talk to you later well that's the show everybody i really hope you enjoyed it and before we get out of here a couple things i want to cover we have been getting some emails from people saying that they would want me to come and speak at their church and though i'm not opposed to doing that you're going to have to talk to your pastor about that and have your pastor contact me so if you're interested in having me come to your church that's fine i'm willing to do that but please contact your pastor talk to them and see if they would be interested in having me come speak also i've been thinking about doing a get together for the confessionals but i'm trying to gauge whether it's worth my time or not so if anybody who would be interested in traveling to one location to meet me and hang out with other fans, please shoot me an email and in the subject title, just say get together and in the body, just say you'd be willing to travel, how far you'd be willing to travel or anything like that, whether you think it's a waste of time. I'm open to hearing people's thoughts on the matter. But if you're interested in having something like that happening, please shoot me an email so I can kind of gauge whether it's worth my time and efforts to put together for you guys. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a good week. Stay safe. Take care. And I'll see you right here next week on The Confessionals. Go Birds! Vegas to win. New England's going to have to win. And they are. And they're going to cover the spread. And there'll be times in this game it may not even look pretty. New England's going to take a lead either late first half or early third, and Nick Foles will play from behind. 31-21. New England beats Philadelphia soundly. It's a hunger that drives me.
the celebration 